In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, one God. Amen. Great and Holy Lent begins tomorrow. And today, we are making ourselves ready for the great fast. There's a question that has come up even within the broader world of what is Lent? Is it a diet? A time for some sort of hyper self-improvement? Or is it actually a spiritual practice? Some people have begun practicing Lent by giving up chocolate, lessening their caffeine intake, reining in their social media postings, giving themselves more alone time. Titles like Practicing Lent as a Non-Believer are being written. And the Today Show, in an interview with the actor Mark Wahlberg, explains Lent as he stands there with uh, ashes, because he's a Roman Catholic, on his forehead with the subscript, Mark Wahlberg's 40-Day Challenge. Holy Lent is not just a reboot season. It's not just some sort of psychological or habitual spring cleaning. It is both laudable and, at the same time, laughable to witness this happening in our broader culture. It misses the point and the great beauty of Lent as a journey to Christ. It is like the gym that I pass multiple times a day on the corner where I live, seeing men and women running on a treadmill or a stairmaster facing a screen where there's broad windows in front of them, but they're not even looking out the window. They're not even facing it, usually. But they're moving their legs, but they're moving toward nothing. I need to admit that, especially on a beautiful morning or a beautiful afternoon, that I almost inevitably have a small little chuckle and a shake of my head as I see this sight. They are people working up a sweat and a pounding heart, but making no true progress. They're not really getting anywhere. It is an endless repetition, a mind-numbing monotony. And as they step off the machine, they're exactly where they were before. Except that maybe now they need a shower. This is what practicing Lent or understanding Lent without faith, without God, is like. You're going nowhere, and maybe one small area of your life you can point to that's maybe a bit improved. I have a healthier heart, perhaps, after I step off the treadmill or I do that for a while. We know the, innately the difference between a gym cardio routine and the real thing very well. Lent is not like the treadmill runner. It is more like the experience of a hiker, a walker, a cyclist, someone who is on a journey. The body and the soul and the mind are all journeying together toward a destination. You need to leave a place to get to where you are going. When you are going somewhere and not just practicing, the soul is uplifted. But when you are just moving your body or mimicking travel, only the body may be benefited. If you are just getting control of some habit, then the soul will receive very little, a very small reward. But in Lent, we see the same thing occurring, that the whole person can be united in their movement toward God. That's what we stand at the doors of. The great fast in the Lenten season is much more like a person who is on a journey, and Lent is the path that they are taking. 
is a journey to a destination with the greatest reward. We stand at the doors of Holy Lent today, making ourselves ready to begin that journey, to re-enter paradise, where our Lord dwells and walks and converses with us daily. This is the time that we especially unite the mind, the body, and the soul to journey to that destination. Here is the difference between a Lenten challenge and the holy and great fast of Lent. Its beginning and its foundation is seeking forgiveness and the forgiveness of our neighbors from God and those who are among us. By this, we make real progress toward God in his, to his throne room on high, and we ask for his illumination. There is no holy Lent if there is not forgiveness that is at its heart. Seeking it is the first and the final step. It is the experience of the remission of our sins. No Lenten ascesis, nothing that you give up or rein in, will work without forgiveness as its beginning. And no fast will go beyond a challenging diet without prayer as its companion. By making forgiveness the first step, the church is telling us that we need to continually seek forgiveness. Lent is the time of great benefit to your soul in seeking God, not just a time to get really good at not eating certain foods or watching less TV or spending less time on your phone. Perhaps we all should be doing those, but that's not the point. When the body joins the soul in repentance by a fast and a mind speaks to God in prayer, together the soul and the body receive the forgiveness of sin. The whole person rises and journeys to God. They leave behind what will hinder them from making the journey. Just like anyone who's packing for a vacation or a hike or a road trip evaluates what they're bringing and takes only what they need for that journey. So leave behind the heavy and useless things in your life. The heaviest and the most useless thing that we all in some way carry are the offenses that have been committed against us and from others, and the unforgiveness that we hold against our offenders. Those are the heaviest and the most useless things in our life. This is what this day is about, the day before Holy Lent. It's about seeking forgiveness and giving it. The pericope that we have just heard from Christ's own mouth is a small portion of the Lord's Sermon on the Mount. It takes place just after Christ teaches his disciples to pray the Our Father. And he shows that forgiveness, mercy, fasting, and prayer are all yoked together. Both fasting and forgiveness help us to put our treasures in heaven and not on earthly things. By these two, we give our full commitment, the I'm all in and I'm ready to begin to our Lord. By seeking forgiveness from those you have offended and forgiving those who have offended you, God prepares you for making you his own and receiving you back into paradise. Seeking forgiveness from someone who shows, shows that we are serious and we know that it is our own sin that expels us from God's presence and from loving our neighbor. And we confront our faults and we cast them off by showing this kind of seriousness through fasting and through giving of forgiveness. Once we have done this and we tie that ascetical effort, this ascesis, 
to prayer, and especially to the prayers in and with the church, we are on our way to him. We give ourselves to God and we start walking to him on these two spiritual legs, fasting and prayer. But we can't get up without first forgiving others. That's the first step. That's how we get up. That's how we begin to walk toward the kingdom. Christ's command that we heard of to practice forgiveness in the gospel is spoken of also in the wise counsel and warning of Joshua ben Sirach, which is preserved in the Orthodox Old Testament as the book of Sirach. And this is what I want, I'm going to quote it at length because it's very worth hearing. Anger and wrath, these are abominations. Yet a sinner holds on to them. The vengeful will face the Lord's vengeance, for he keeps a strict account of their sins. Forgive your neighbor the wrong he has done, and then your sins will be pardoned when you pray. Does anyone harbor anger against another and expect healing from the Lord? If someone has no mercy towards another like himself, can he then seek pardon for, for his own sins? If a mere mortal harbors wrath, who will make an atoning sacrifice for his sins? Remember the end of your life and set enmity aside. Remember corruption and death. Be true to the commandments. Remember the commandments. And do not be angry with your neighbor. Remember the covenant of the Most High and overlook fault. These are the words of Joshua ben Sirach, way back in the Old Testament, hundreds of years before Christ spoke his Sermon on the Mount. And so Jesus Christ is giving us this teaching on forgiveness from his own mouth in the Sermon on the Mount and in this wise counsel of Joshua ben Sirach as a warning that we don't, if we don't forgive, we can't be forgiven. Now, nor in the final judgment day that we all must face. Today, we are given the answer to last Sunday's theme to con that had us contemplating the final judgment. Our Lord connects forgiveness of neighbors with prayer for forgiveness for our own sins. And tellingly, both the Sermon on the Mount and in this text that we've just quoted, present the practice of forgiveness as a matter of fulfillment of and obedience to the law. Remember the commandments and do not be angry with your neighbor. So the wise have always known and taught that, the ri that righteousness and communion with God must always begin with forgiveness. And mercy that is shown it by the one who wants it, God will also grant mercy. Holy Lent cannot be separated from this foundation. Its whole meaning is wrapped up in the return to God that begins with seeking this forgiveness. That is almost more fear-inducing than last week's hymns, talking about what the unrighteous will experience and the torments, because here it is made starkly clear on this Sunday that we are the only ones preventing ourselves from obtaining the mercy of God by our own unwillingness to seek forgiveness and to grant it. We're the only ones standing in the way. St. Maximus the Confessor and St. John Chrysostom both tell us how to practice a fast from this correct perspective, from this beginning, and then we get to live out in this manner. To fast properly is to cast off the darkness of sin and to begin to walk in the light of the one who is the light of all. 
Who does not have darkness and evil residing in them? Who can escape the litany of sins and works of darkness that awaits, that waits to reveal itself in our lives and will be revealed on the final day? Of course, the answer is nobody is completely free of them. So what we need is forgiveness and remission of our own sins, not to place ourselves on the judgment seat of others or on some sort of self-improvement regimen that leaves all of that aside. Lent is the season we most apply ourselves to this humbling work. To have a full and proper fast is not where we avoid all the prescribed foods, but one where we commit ourselves wholly to abstaining from what leads away from communion with God. To walk away from sin. To leave behind pride, judgment of our neighbor, envy, avarice, gluttony, lust, laziness. Instead, we make steps toward forgiveness, a pity for the poor by giving them alms, and to control our misplaced desire that you, each of you may make the journey and not be trapped on a treadmill, cutting away, cut away from the beauty of the day that the Lord has before us. This is the true value of the great fast, to relinquish sinful practices. Fast and know how much you need God's grace and his strength. Begin by asking for forgiveness from God and from your neighbor, and then granting it, even before they ask. As St. John Chrysostom asked of his congregation in his Lenten homily, for what does it profit if we abstain from birds and fish, and yet bite and devour our brethren? This is what we are to do in this season of Lent. We strive to remove the sins and the enmity that prevent us from staying before our Lord's very presence, and that separates us from our neighbors. This is what the fast is about. Forgiveness is what God desires most to give us. But we need to get our pride out of the way for us to receive it. We must have always the words ready. God forgives, and I forgive you. To be united with our Lord. Take this to heart and strive to have this kind of fast. Begin this day. Go, ask forgiveness from all those who have been wronged, and who you have wronged, and be reconciled with all. Bow to your neighbor and wipe away the offense from the record book. No whole, now wholly rely on God's forgiveness and mercy in and through the fasting that you are taking up. Seek God's mercy and make the step to forward and show that you seek the same wiping away of the record of your sins from the judge who is so ready to do so. So begin the fast in this way. And the Lord of creation will give you, through all of your ascetical efforts, whatever they may be, what St. Basil calls a sin-destroying medicine, which is for, the per for us to persevere to remain steadfast against all of our invisible enemies. This is the great gift we are about to receive in these holy weeks. When we make our own start, and we begin to return to paradise by seeking forgiveness and applying ourselves. So my brothers and sisters in the merciful Lord and judge, let me be the first to seek forgiveness among you. Take the medicine to attempt to wipe the slate clean and ask for reconciliation and the renewal of my covenant with the Most High. So that let me bow and say to you, forgive me a sinner for whatever sins I have committed against each and every one of you. Now, at the doorway of this journey to the resurrection of our Lord, 
exchanged these words with one another. Seek forgiveness with each and every one so that you may journey together with no eye looking back for the review of all of the past offenses that may be there, of all of those wrongs. Don't look at that list. Exchange these words and then move forward. Keep your eyes on the high place where God dwells, ready to remit every sin from those who seek it and forgive all of the debt that may be there. So to each and every one of you, good strength to you in the journey. And may the light of Christ's countenance shine and light your way. Amen.